This is the main event. What you gonna do? The new world order of wrestling. Because Stone Cold said so. Oh my God! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace. What a rush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah, I come here to fight. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome fans, as we go beyond the bell, your host, Ring announcer, Sean Beck Beckerman, here with you on the SNS Radio Network, as well as archive on podbean.com. And today's edition of BTB will feature the golden design as we take a look at the design history of the Intercontinental Championship. I've received such positive feedback from you fans out there, and I, I would like to thank each and every one of you for the for the comments you've made and the interest you've shown in these podcasts and future live casts coming up on the SNS Radio Network, also on on Podbean.com. So this edition, the theme is very you could say important to me because I'm oh I'm a huge fan of championship titles and I'm a huge fan of the design of championship belts I'll say as well titles belts will say it all on this edition so I wanted to put something something together we'll we'll have a series of podcasts or live casts that will be de- dedicated to the golden design we can call it the golden design edition of beyond the bell as we'll look at the 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 exact design history of championship belts such as the world title united states tag team you name it but we'll start off with the intercontinental championship tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship from San Francisco, California, the current Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, Pat Patterson. There couldn't have been a better selection for the first Intercontinental Champion than Pat Patterson. Pat was probably one of the finest technicians in the ring and the the greatest psychologist in the ring of all time. He set the standard on what an Intercontinental Champion should be. Having gone back and seen tapes of what he could do, I think he was a fitting first champion. I remember a street fight he had with uh, Sergeant Slaughter in Madison Square Garden. That was one that stood out for me and and the cage match with Backlund, which was also Madison Square Garden. I could take people and, and have them believe whatever he was doing. He'd always tell a story. He'd have the people in the palm of his hands, and that is the mark of a true professional. When you look at the list of guys that have won the title, most, if not all, of the top guys have won this title. You always knew when someone won the Intercontinental title that it was almost like a launching pad to bigger and better things. I think the Intercontinental title was a who's who of some of the greatest superstars in history. It was a stepping stone to the championship, and it was pretty much a breakthrough championship. If a talent was able to become Intercontinental champion, it said, hey, I made it. It's a 
great way to elevate yourself to the status of a contender for a WWE title shot. Most of the Intercontinental Champions have gone on to win a WWE title. Some of the champions are, are some of the all-time greatest to me. The magnificent Morocco Intercontinental Champion, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Greg Valentine. Tito Santana. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. So many other guys, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Stone Cold. You knew when these guys won the Intercontinental title that it was just starting to become their time. The Intercontinental Championship has elevated some of the recent superstars to WWE superstar status. For instance, Kurt Angle. Well, Kurt went out and immediately grabbed that Intercontinental Championship. That was my first big title reign, and it let me know right away that I was going to be, uh, I was going to make a big difference in the world wrestling entertainment uh, industry. So, uh, to me, winning that title felt every bit as important as winning the WWE title. Any time that you're you're kind of given that ball, it's a special feeling because you know you're doing something right. I don't want it. I remember I got back to my hotel room and I set it up on my TV stand and I just stared at it for about two hours. I, I couldn't stop staring at it. It was just, uh, it was like the center of my universe at that point. Young men like Edge, young men like Triple H, all these superstars that come along, it has been used as a stepping stone because these men grabbed that gold ring in that Intercontinental Championship and elevated herself and show what they can do with an Intercontinental Championship. For the most part, when you look at the Intercontinental Champion, you look at someone who is being groomed or who is looking for that next step. If I knew I wanted to see a damn good wrestling match, I was going to watch Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat. Those two men who were at the top of their game Wow, the chemistry and the electricity was flowing. And to me, that match overshadowed everything on WrestleMania 3. What a battle! This is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. But the champion still in control. No, a small package by the dragon. It goes down in my mind as an instant classic and a measuring stick uh, to all Intercontinental Title Championship matches. first match that stands out to me, you know, which obviously I was influenced heavily by, was the Shawn Michaels vs. Razor Man ladder match. We'll witness for the first time ever at a WrestleMania a ladder match. I cannot believe it, Ramon! Is the undisputed Intercontinental Champion! There was the uh, Bret Hart vs. Kurt Hennig classic Intercontinental title match. The sharpshooter! He's got it! He's got it! No! about the, the Pat Pattersons and all the other people that have won this Intercontinental title throughout the past, and you know it holds a lot of credibility. It continues to do so. In this edition of Beyond the Bell, we'll not only take a look at the, the design history of the Intercontinental Championship, but we'll also have some audio clips featuring some of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. And yes, that does include the Honky Tonk Man.
obviously the World Heavyweight Championship is the most you could say memorable due to the due to the overall status of the championship. However, the Intercontinental Championship has had an illustrious history of its own. Held by superstars such as the late great Macho Man Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude, the Honky Tonk Man, Mr. Perfect, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the People's Champ, The Rock, Triple H, Ric Flair, and many, many more. The IC Championship has had a significant impact on this industry. What may come as a surprise to you fans out there is that in the 30-plus year history of the IC Championship, there's only really been four distinct designs that have represented the Intercontinental Championship. And in this edition, we'll go over each one of those designs and what you could say they're most known for. Back in 1979, before I was born, Pat Patterson was booked to win the newly created WWF Intercontinental Championship in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. The original belt was made of a trophy, basically a trophy shop medal, very thin and flimsy, much like the, the belts were at, of that time. It was attached to the, to the leather basically by rivets, which were the standard of the time in that age, and the belt had a red strap. So very primitive, you could say primitive in the early stages of belt design. That specific championship belt lasted for over five years and was held by Pat Patterson, Ken Patera, Pedro Morales, Don The Rock Morocco. Once the championship was won by Tito Santana, it was then replaced. Once again, the new championship belt was constructed using trophy shop thin metal and was still the standard of that era, of the era. But the the new acid etched belts were slowly creeping in and this would be the last trophy shop metal belt used in the WWF at the time and it also wouldn't be wouldn't last long as the Intercontinental Championship. This belt, this design, you could say the second, was only held by Tito Santana and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Rocky Talk Man, here we go with the biggest title defense of your career. Any trepidation tonight? You're no journalist, Green Bean. You're missing the story here. The story here is romance. The lovely Elizabeth Wynn. We know, we know she's head over heels for you, right? Even this bozo can see it. She wants you honky, she wants you bad. And I'm going to oblige her. Being the gentleman I am, the honky-tonk man. What are gonna... you saying? What are you saying, man? What I'm saying is this. I've got the title. I've got the belt. And tonight, I'm going to get the woman. The lonely woman. Oh, no. And then where are you going to take her, honky? Where, where are you going to take her, honky? I'm going to take her down a lonely street <laughs> to the Heartbreak Hotel. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Don't you worry. I won't be cruel. Because I know. She wants me to love her tender. Because I'll be her teddy bear. She's too much. She's too and much. you know where that hound dog Randy's going to be? Where's he going to be? In the ghetto. <laughs> oh, Vince, I just hope Elvis, the real Elvis, doesn't hear. 
During 1986, the Intercontinental Championship was replaced by probably the most memorable version of the belt ever used. And I believe it's my favorite. I would love to see it back to this day. Made using the acid etching process, the belt was made by Reggie Parks, who you belt fans out there should know, who had taken over making the belts for all major promotions in North America. It was a gold-plated belt, five plates on the, on hand-tooled black leather, more commonly referred to as the Reggie IC Championship among collectors and belt enthusiasts. This belt is likely the second most popular belt of all time behind my favorite as well, the WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. Reggie Parks and Dave Milliken probably get more orders from belt collectors for these two belts than any other, you could say, on the planet. These were my two favorite because the history behind these, uh, or specifically let's talk about this belt design, is astronomical. It's tremendous, the history that goes behind that championship and the memories that are etched in fans' minds of of champions holding up that title in victory. And to me, it just holds such prestige and honor. Possible history could have been made here. Let's go up and find out. The winner and new Intercontinental Champion, Randy the Macho Man Savage. History made right here in the Boston Gardens as Randy Savage, the Macho Man, knocks Cole Champion Tito Santana, but not without something out of his tights, Jess. You could just call him champ now, Gorilla. It's going to go down in the record books that way, but there it is. There's the object right there. A piece of cold rolled steel, it looks like. What? Let's go back and take a look and see if, it, in the meantime, Tito is out of it. Look at this. What's he doing, Jesse? He's going down into his tight. Look at that object right there. He took a wild swing here, did not connect with it at that point. But now Santana's going to try to suplex him back in the ring. And as he does, he gets it right in a kisser. He knocks Santana Cole with it. Now watch this move. After the count is made, the Macho Man is going to roll that object, that foreign object, outside the ring, unseen by there it goes, by the referee. you got to call it brilliant, don't you, Gorilla? I call it cheating, Jess. I call it cheating. We'll have to wait and see what the World Wrestling Federation Rules Committee is going to say about it. But right now, history made in the Boston Garden, the new Intercontinental Champion, the not-so-macho Randy Savage. The original Reggie IC had no tooling pattern on the strap. All four side plates were the same size, and the WWF logo on the main plate was etched and filled with red paint. Made a little unique, not all gold. The red paint WWF logo was changed eventually. Once Macho Man Randy Savage won the strap from Tito Santana, he used the Brasso polish on the belt, which removed all the gold plating and ruined the belt, basically. The belt looked awful and horribly tarnished in certain areas, specifically the plates. This was switched in 1988 with a new version of the same design. Shinier, more, uh, a more sleek-looking championship, but the same design uh, held intact there. In 1988, while the 
self-proclaimed greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man, was in the midst of his record-setting reign with the strap. It was replaced. It was still the Reggie IC style, but there were a few minor differences. The strap had a seashell tooling pattern on it. The outer side plates were slightly smaller than the inner side plates. It had a thin logo plate at one end, and the WWF logo on the main plate was no longer etched. But it was now raised, and it was no longer red like I described earlier. Also during this time, the gold tip was added to the end of the strap to match the WWF World Championship and Tag Team titles at the time to make it more uniform. This belt was used during the, you can say, the Hulkamania Golden Age, the rock and wrestling age of the World Wrestling Federation, and this was when it enjoyed its most success. Classed as the Workers' Championship, many great matches were fought over this title. Holding the Intercontinental Championship at that time really meant something. It meant you were the wrestler. You were the top worker in the company. Even though you weren't the top draw because you weren't the world champion, you were the top worker. Notice the Barber Beefcake, because of injury, unable to challenge the Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Talk Man tonight. Being the humanitarian that I am, I'd say, World Wrestling Federation, give me anybody. Let me have somebody to wrestle. Big smile on the face of the Honky Talk Man. You know, he may be one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions. Guys had that title over two years now, Gorilla Monsoon. Give me somebody out here to wrestle. I don't care who it is. Throughout its run, the Reggie IC title was represented on TV on various color straps. The Ultimate Warrior was the first superstar to have it on a, di- on a different color strap when he debuted in a yellow format during late 1989. This lasted until WrestleMania VI in April of 1990 when he unified the WWF World and Intercontinental Championships and was subs- subsequently stripped of the title, of the Intercontinental title, let me say, which soon reverted back to the black strap. As different superstars held the title, it was shown on more color straps. Here, you could say, added a new dimension of the titles. Ravishing Recruit, you saw with a different strap. So it was becoming more common to add a new element to the championship, Goldust, using the white strap. Thank you, Gene. Joining me, the Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect, and his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know something, Shorty? Here we are, humanoids, in sunny California, Los Angeles to be exact. And you've probably been reading in the papers and everybody's been seeing on TV. This is the home of the great LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department. And you've all seen what transpired out here about how some little ham and egger was hiding in the bushes with his little home video camera, and he happened upon this incident and took the pictures of it. Well, I've got a treat for you, because you see, I am going to give it to you for zip. 
All you got to do is get off that rented sofa with the spring sticking up, go over and push your VCR button on play. We'll furnish the cameraman, and then you can see our brand of justice the way Mr. Perfect is going to dish it out to that Barney Fife, the big boss man. And I will guarantee you this, that you will not find Mr. Perfect on his back giving the big boss man 56 free swipes at me, boss man, because I'm cool. I'm the intercontinental champion. I'm cool as a cat, boss man. Most people in my position might be on edge thinking they've got to climb into the ring with a 300-pound maniac. Well, big boss man... I'm the champion, intercontinental champion. I have all the tools it takes to be a champion. I have Bobby the Brain Heenan in my corner. I have the right body. I have the right looks. I have the ability. I am what I say I am. And I say I'm... They're saying it. They're saying it. <laughs> There's only one. You're looking at them. Let's go. In March of 1998, the night after WrestleMania 14 on Monday Night Raw, The Rock debuted the new Intercontinental Championship belt after 12 years on television the Reggie IC Championship was retired the new belt was made by Jamar which fans who purchased championship should know as well after Vince ended his agreement with Reggie Parks and decided to go with Jamar for making the championship belt from now on because he wanted a new look for the Attitude Era the World Wrestling Federation wanted to own the rights to their title designs. Reggie owned the artwork for the ones that had been used by used and refused to sign the rights over to Vince McMahon. So Vince said, forget you, I'll make my own belts. The World Wrestling Federation then began designing the in-house titles with JMR being the head designer. The new Intercontinental Championship was rounder in shape, still with the WWF black logo on it. It had a logo plate, a purple strap, and no gold tip. I didn't like that that deep purple color. I was so disappointed to to see it change. I thought it was going to be a more modernized version of the Reggie title, but at this time I didn't know about contracts and belt deals and I was really naive to that part of the business at the time so I just was frustrated that the, that the title changed at some point in late 1998 the strap returned to black from all the sweat, blood and baby oil of all the other grunge wrestlers that have covered it, that were covered in it uh, when they changed hands and the title switched in the World Wrestling Federation and they also changed the logo from black, from the black logo, the original WWF logo, to the scratch logo. So it basically made it from the modernized Intercontinental title to the Attitude Intercontinental Championship. The overall design was the same, was the same except the logo plate was different on the strap, and the black on the belt had the new scratch logo. So. Designed the same, they add the attitude portion to it. Still didn't like the belt. This belt has been held by many superstars over the last 13 years. And it's also, right now, believe it or not, the longest running belt design in WWF slash WWE history. As it is still in use to this very day. And I think it's grown in size a bit. It's a little bit larger. The initial design was a little bit thinner and longer and I think it's a little bit wider now in height 
uh, to give it a little bit more depth, you could say, in terms of appeal on the waist of superstars. my career to win this most prestigious of all intercontinental championships. Guys such as The Rock, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, and others held the WWF logo version of this IC title. Then in 2002, when the World Wrestling Federation were forced to change their company name to World Wrestling Entertainment, And slightly after their logo changed, the belt again underwent small changes. I wish at this time I thought, yes, we're going to get new belt designs. We're finally going to get rid of this IC title. No, the same design uh, stayed intact, but uh, the main plate was made bigger. The banners were changed to to fit a removable name plate on it to follow the old WCW title-esque. Since they acquired WCW, they decided to add nameplates to all their championship belts. And the WWF logos were replaced with WWE logos. The logo plate was also removed on the championship. So, I like the part of adding the the champion's name on the title. I always love that part uh, for the World Heavyweight title, and I love that the WWE decided to put that on on every single championship, made it more personalized, made it more of a prestigious, you could say, monument for the champion to have his name on the title as well. But again, that design still stayed into play. The belts were continued to be made by JMR until 2010 when Dave Milliken took over. The belt, still the same, but with a better quality, you could say, plate design, and leather. The leather on the JMR belts also featured the WWF and WWE logo tooling, whereas Dave Milliken, his belts had the seashell tooling on them. 
as of now, this this design is still going strong. Personally, I'd love to see a change. 13 years, to me, is an extremely long time to be using the same belt, especially when others have changed recently, and they hadn't been used for as long as this one. We'll get we'll discuss this when we talk about the WWE championship, but that but I hate the look of the spinner belt. But this title, it's okay. It's had the longevity in terms of the, the design, but I truly miss that the previous design, the the Reggie IC title, because to me that was correlated with the true era of prestige for the Intercontinental Championship. On a future BTB podcast, we'll talk about the the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time, and we'll talk about their impact on professional wrestling and moving forward in the industry. And once we once I truly believe once we go into that podcast, you'll notice most of the champions who I'll mention carried the Reggie IC title. You know, I think it's very underrated the the impact a title design has on the prestige or the the ranking or the outlook a championship has on its fan base that's why to me still right now the greatest looking championship out there is the world heavyweight championship i love it when rick flair debuted it in the nwa and i love it to this day even with the little added tweaks that the wwe added to that title which we'll discuss on another podcast when we talk about the Golden Design series. But nevertheless, this Intercontinental title still stays in place. And as of information that I have now, I haven't heard any new data or any new news to support that there'll be a new championship in the making. So right now we'll have to settle with the JMR design of the Intercontinental Championship and... To this day, the the Reggie belt is still being sold, and it's you'll still see it on TV being held up by fans in the crowd. And I I think they should go back to that title, but remodel it, modernizing it a bit, give it more that that prestige, add the nameplate to it again, like like they currently have. And I truly think because the IC title division is floundering, just like I think the tag team division is. So I think a great way to reinvent the division, redesign the belt, bring it back to its glory days, and make it the stepping stone for future superstars like the Macho Man Randy Savage, like Shawn Michaels used, like Bret the Hitman Hart. Use that title to catapult them into main event status. I know it may not mean a lot, but I truly believe the design will go a long way in helping that and helping bring that into restoration and reinventing the Intercontinental Championship. And Van Dam, man, he got taken right off that. Oh, there's the the RKO! Out of nowhere! Orton got the RKO! He's got both legs up! And and Orton gets it! And out of nowhere! And the new Intercontinental Champion, Randy Orton! I'm in shock! We got a new champion, Mick Foley, actually counted three, JR. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is Sunday, December 14th, and Randy Orton has just won his first WWE Championship, the Intercontinental title. 
is now in the camp of evolution around the chiseled waist of young Randy Orton. And you gotta admit, Jared, look at it. It looks good in his hand. It looks better around his waist. And this has got to bode well for evolution tonight at Armageddon. Look at Orton, look at his reflection in that Intercontinental Championship belt. Oh, he's so proud. I handed to Rob Van Dam for being a great fighting champion. So, I know this was a short edition, but I think it was a topic I think you fans would enjoy to discuss the, the design history. A unique topic that's not really talked about in professional wrestling, slash sports entertainment, slash entertainment. But I think it, it was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the golden design of the Intercontinental Championship. Questions, comments, hate mail, you can send to uh, btb at gmail.com as well as you can email me at beckerman at ringannouncing.com. But any questions at all, any topic ideas, reach us at btbwrestling at gmail.com. We'll go to our mailbag. We'll go to Frank, who's in California. Frank has a question saying, Sean, what what is your favorite championship of all time? I kind of just mentioned that going forward. Frank, thank you for the email. My favorite championship of all time was the Winged Eagle title because I was a huge WWF fan. That was at the time. But I think looking back at it, being being a student of the game, you could say, or being now a reporter on this industry and being a part of the broadcast part of this industry, I truly feel that it's changed because I was so pro World Wrestling Federation you know, to me they were the good guys WCW was bad but looking back at it now my favorite championship design is the current world heavyweight championship belt I love that design I love the curvature of the title but we'll go more into that on a future Golden Design Series podcast but Frank thank you for the question please send those questions over to btbwrestling at gmail.com and we hope to have a live cast coming up on the SNS Radio Network. Stay tuned. JJ, all cap sexy, will have more information for you. But again, thank you for joining us and listening to some of the greatest clips from the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. And thank you for listening to the design history, the golden design of the intercontinental championship. This is ring announcer Sean Beck Beckerman signing off. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for going beyond the bell.